Welcome to the Demon Drumbeat, where we discuss how we create movements that power digital transformation by sharing stories from the industry and our people. Join the Demon Drumbeat for game-changing insights and a community of forward thinkers. Subscribe now, click on the link, go on, do it, you know you want to. I think there's been a lot of noise around AI in the last year. Obviously, we know the technology is not new, but it's almost become like very public now. And with it has come like a lot of tools and the general public is getting excited about it. Has that changed the work that we do within Demon in terms of how we approach AI or have we kind of just gone along as business as usual? No, I think, you know, absolutely it has changed the way we approach things. And actually, you know, what we do is we're, we're more laser focused now. I think before we were quite open to taking on any and all work of, of which we are, but actually we're a mature company. We have very mature practice in ML and AI, and actually we know what we're great at. So we really want to sort of harness that power to make sure that we can be really impactful for our clients as well. Okay. And how do you use that laser focus to avoid the noise? I imagine there's a lot of noise coming from clients because again, everyone is talking about AI now. So everyone becomes the AI expert and they're, they're telling you what you should be using. How do you take a step back and, and make sure that the clients understand where the real value lies and to convince them of the approach that you want them to take? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. We've seen a lot of competitors in the marketplace spin up over the last few months, even the last few weeks. People offer, you know, really generic ML, AI propositions and solutions and will come and sort of fulfill any needs that you might have for us you know we've got that relationship with our clients that we can really understand what they actually need you know there's a lot of noise at the moment with all of the different aspects of new technologies coming to light and i think companies want to embrace that so you know what can chat GPT do for our business or how can we leverage mid-journey but actually for us it's trying to understand what the root source of the problem or potential opportunity is leveraging, you know, the developments in ML and AI as well, really. So we don't just want to give them anything, you know, something off the shelf that they might have seen. What we really want to understand is what their problem statement is or what they're looking to do in the future and how we can really hone and tailor all of the information that they already have in the business to make sure that we've got a really nice succinct offering. And it's not just, you know, throwing money at something, it's actually providing some real tangible benefits. I think that's great. When ChatGPT came about initially, people got very excited about what it could do, you know, asking it all sorts of questions. Some people have been cheating with the, with the schoolwork, <laughs> allegedly. But I think as, as more and more people started using it, especially professionally, they start to hit some limitations. And now there's this big drive or appears to be a big drive where it's plugging your own data and then you use this off-the-shelf thing. How easy is that to do? Is it still better to build something bespoke or leverage whatever other tools that we have and not necessarily building on top of like OpenAI to achieve the same results for you know our clients to actually get the value out of their data or information? Yeah, it's an interesting one because I don't want to... It's, it's early in the conversation, so I don't yep. want to go down the route of ethics in AI. But for me, look, it's control of your data. How, how much data are you willing to give away or share publicly? You might be very willing to do that and be, be very transparent about how that gets communicated across the world. I guess for me, you know, if we can create some boundaries 
and have control of where our data goes, then absolutely fine. Do we have those concrete guarantees at the moment? We No, we definitely don't. So, you know, when we're talking with our sort of corporate customers and even, you know, down to our, our smart-ups as well, it's the retention of data and the protection of that data as well that we really need to make sure that we're protecting. So, yeah, absolutely. Look, ChatGPT has certainly shaken what is the art of the possible in the AI world. And I think for me as well, it's been so impactful because it's so lifelike. You know, people actually asked it a question and it gives a human-like response. And I think that's what people are most impressed with as well. It's you actually, you know, you don't have to go to Google and search, you know, three or four times to try and get the actual answer that you want. It will give you what you are actually expecting back. But not only what you're looking for, probably, you know, 10 times more data as well. So for me, that's a sweet spot as well. It's, you know, it's, it's that human-like behavior that comes back and actually generates a response to your, you know, desires and needs of what you're looking for. For a lot of us, that kind of seems like magic. I mean, I'm a software engineer and I write code, but I'm not, I'm not really familiar with the mechanics of how that works. So you use that and you're like, Pooh, okay, I've never really had so much interest in AI before. And now I'm using all these tools every day, mid-journey, chat GPT and everything else that comes with it. Have you found that this popularity around AI now has made it easier to communicate with clients about what AI is? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's, uh, you know, we, we know the capabilities are there. We know that we can use it in a multitude of different ways that we can talk about in a second. But for me, it is... You know, the basis of all of this is the data that we have available. You know, that is the foundation that we shouldn't neglect. Machine learning and artificial intelligence wouldn't exist without the underlying data. And it's only going to be as good as the quality of the data that we've got. So for me, we can get really sort of caught up in what the art of the possible is with AI. And so we should, you know, there's an amazing opportunity there to leverage all of the tools that are available and use it as a springboard to make sure that we create a better world as well, you know, enhance the tools, make our lives easier. But, you know, the, the basis for me as well is we need to make sure that the data is there. It's right. It's correct. We know how to use it in the right way. So I guess to answer your question, you know, we shouldn't neglect the data and machine learning aspect of AI. You know, it, it needs its foundation somewhere. Okay. I think you mentioned uh, data about 10 times there. (laughs) Apologies. No, no, no. It's okay. I think it's a very important thing to zoom in on, right? Like the data. You've said, and a lot of people in all sorts of interviews have said that the AI that everyone is getting exposed to today is not possible without the training data, right? Yeah. But that's the work that doesn't sound as interesting. Is it like, you know, do you just throw any data at the model, any information that I have within my business? Or is there a specific structure that 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 data has to be in? Is there data collection, cleaning, and all sorts of things that are happening for my data to be ready to to train an AI model? Yeah, I I guess that we we go through those progressive stages. So we obviously, we hone the data. We use machine learning to refine that data. And then we use AI to give it that human-like behavior, essentially. I guess I don't want to sort of neglect the fact that we're just assuming everyone knows what data is. Yeah. So I think just, you know, going back to basics, what the context of data we're speaking about is you know, that what you see in front of you every day. So it could be text, it could be numbers, it could be images, those audio or video files. So those very raw formats that are 
collected, stored, and processed that we do, you know, on a daily basis. So that is what we interpret as data in its most basic of forms. It's then how we leverage that to give us all of the great and good stuff that comes next. So, you know, machine learning, for example, that sort of middle step and the, the subset of AI really the development of all of that data that we have. So creating of algorithms, you know, building models that we can use the data to make predictions without being explicitly sort of programmed to give us any outputs. So we can really learn to sort of identify patterns and relationships in the data by using machine learning as well. Do you want me to give you a bit more insight into ML or yeah, I think, yeah, my, my next question was going to be a lot of people use AI and, and machine learning interchangeably, right? And you've kind of called it a middle step between the data preparation and achieving AI. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that a bit? Clarify for us. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So the way that we can really convey this is that ML split into three specific areas. So we have supervised learning, which is data that has been given a category or that's been labeled. We have reinforced learning from an ML perspective. So learning from rewards or a feedback loop. And then the third one, we have unsupervised learning. So the ability for machine learning to identify patterns in the data under its own guise and under its own purpose, really. So they're the three sort of standout things for me that gives us the foundations to move on to AI. That gives us a structure for the raw data format that we have. Thank you for that. So I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier around the ethics of it. I think depending on which articles or you're, you're reading, which podcasts you're listening to, the predictions and the views on what the future of AI range all the way from, you know, this work-free utopia where the AI is doing our work for us and we can kind of just relax by the beach. And <laughs> the other extreme of it is like the end of the world, the end of humanity. What are your views on that? Where is there a middle ground? Is is it true based on the on the steps and the actions that we take? So yeah, so a, a huge conversation um, to try and condense down into probably very few words. But I think for me, ethically, we can't ignore the facts that companies that build AI have a responsibility to take ownership of the work that they're developing and pushing out to the marketplace. So I think we we neglect that fact. We we look at it and think, you know, of all of the future scary sci-fi perceived um, incidents that could happen in the future. We have to remember that, you know, these com companies are responsible for how AI works, how it's used. And, you know, we shouldn't take for granted that we do have already in place, you know, specific data laws and data privacy to try and protect us from some of these things. So as we go forwards, it, you know, isn't something that, isn't being thought about and you know we know that there's lots of assemblies being formed and lots of different bodies being created to deal with all of the ever-changing AI landscape and rightly so but you know we still have guardrails in place to be able to protect us for me that it feels like it's an opportunity you know is the future going to change well yes absolutely you know if we removed AI out of that equation the f future landscape is still going to change things move on without going into the realms of, you know, are our jobs safe? I think, as we've seen in the past, it doesn't take AI to know that there's certain jobs that we don't necessarily need anymore because we are being innovative and seeing changes in the way that we do things. You know, there's more efficiencies um, that we can undertake. So, yeah, 
AI is definitely going to compound that, but certainly we're going to see a, a change in, in job roles, that's for sure, but hopefully for the better. And those guide rules that you, you spoke about, do you see this as something that has to be enforced at the company level, or is this something that is in need of very much stronger regulation? And and how far are we from being able to have good regulation? Because I think the, the use of of the technology now is still like evolving as we go. So we don't really have an idea, or maybe we do have an idea of what like final end state and the risks around it uh, might be. Yeah, I think, first of all, I think it's everyone's responsibility. So, you know, it's, it's our companies, it's the companies that develop and push out um, the software that's all in. Definitely, that is the first point. The second point for me really is, you know, to pr- try and put these guardrails in place. Well, who are the best people to advise on the guardrails? Well, it's the people that are building the systems, right? It's who, who else has got the best knowledge available to advise? Well, the only people that really know are the people that are doing the development. So it's that sort of catch-22. It's we need to work with the big companies that are pushing out all of the different AI changes to help create some guardrails and some regulations. But again, it's is it in their interest to be able to do that because it's going to restrict them from um, undertaking the work that they really want to do and move at pace, really. So again, for me, it's we need to find a way to collaborate. And, you know, look, we've, we've got lots of clever, intelligent people in government and, you know, across the world that can certainly help contribute to that. But certainly there is an aspect of making sure that, you know, the companies contribute to the development of the safeguarding of these tools and services. Yeah, and, I, and I imagine trying to find ways to contribute to like those guardrails at a level higher than just the business is important. I mean, one of the values of, of Demon is wanting to have an impact in the world. And I think with AI, we have an opportunity to do that in, in terms of like protecting people and educating our people, the world, and our clients around, you know, the safety and, and AI hygiene, if there's a, if there's something of sort, or I, I'm, I'm coining the term if, if it's not already there, AI hygiene. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely coin that phrase. But you're right. I mean, you know, Stephen Cow, our founders have spoken about it so many times and very passionately, you know, how do we use technology to make the world a better place? And, you know, proud to say that I work for a consultancy that, genuinely believes that we we want to make sure that we are carbon negative and all of the work that we do does have a positive impact on society so we are taking that self-inflicted responsibility to make sure that the work we do contributes to both the safeguarding of our world you know not just our country you know we're very interconnected landscape and also of our clients you know we can't forget that as well the the work that you know we're doing with our clients and for our clients we want to make sure that they are set up for success but again we are helping them adapt and use technology to make the world a better place as well that is that is the springboard we have a voice and we can we can certainly use it okay if i'm coming to you as a client and saying i have a you know i have a lot of data i've i've heard things about ai can be good for for, for my business can you walk me through what that conversation looks like you know how can demon help me because obviously i think some people might just be thinking there's a there's a tool out there it might be good for me, but I'm not really sure how to make use of it, right? What does that look like? Where do you start? So we try and remove any assumptions. I think that's the first point. You know, we as Demon have a nice succinct offering where we go and speak to our clients and undertake, you know, a, a fact-finding workshop. 
So it's really to try and get to the root of what they're looking for. Again, without dwelling on the data aspect of it, as we develop and as we are seeing all all of the sort of advancement of um, AI, companies are realizing that they're sitting on, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years of data that actually they can do really great stuff with. And, you know, whether it's predictive forecasting to help them buy bread products at different times, or they can get insights about how to be more proactive reacting to, you know, customer queries. Like for us, it's we try and remove what that actual need is at the very start instance and actually try and find out where they're heading, what their trajectory is, what kind of data that they've got available to them and how we can sort of leverage that in a way that um, they don't even understand that could could be done. That's, uh, that's the bit that I love about our entry point into this world is the fact that all assumptions are mitigated and we have a very open, frank and honest conversation to say, what have you got available? Where do you want to be? And we can certainly advise how we can help shape you and get you there really. Is there is there a situation where maybe the, like the data that I have is not enough to have such an undertaking? Yeah, I mean it's really dependent on client by client basis, but I think dependent on obviously the retention period of the data that clients have, they normally have a few years worth anyway. So we can certainly leverage what they do have, and even if there isn't any data history, you know, there, there's data flowing through their pipelines, you know, every moment of every day. So it's just capturing that and understanding how we can use that to make them more successful, more efficient, um, you know, more productive, more profitable, w- whatever their sort of goal is, you know, more sustainable even. We try and look at that holistically across the business to see how we can we can certainly leverage that. Okay, good. No, that's really, really great to hear. Uh, I want to ask a bit more about our people or developers. I think we, we've covered how AI can be leveraged by, by our clients, but I think there are a lot of tools today you hear about uh, tools like Whisper, Copilot, Copilot X, and even, you know, ChatGPT. Is there anything companies need to be very careful about when their people start to adopt those tools to do their work? Or can anyone just kind of pick up a tool and start using it? Yeah, I mean, look, I know we've had internal conversations about what our um, policies are. I think we're quite mature. You know, I know that we are mature as a business that um, we write really good 16 code. Um, again, for me, it's those virtual walls. You know, where where is that data going? You're you're dropping it into a a system, a service. Do you know who has access to that? Where is that going? Are you sharing confidential, productionized data to clients? Obviously, we know that we're obviously not going to do that. Actually, the feedback that you get back, do you know that that is the best quality data that you're going to get? You'd like to think so because it works on best practices, but for us, that's why you guys are the experts, right? It's you know. And love this. So we are sort of, we have tools to supplement the work if we want to, but it shouldn't take us off track from, you know, actual people's ability. We should be confident in that for sure. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, they, they, they are just tools after all. And I think we, we, we do need to use them responsibly. I, I want to know, is, is there a need to, to start helping our clients uh, put policies in place around the use? Because obviously some of the work that we do, we... We go and we help existing teams. It's, it's very big for us within Demon to enable a team get get started with the work, and then we get out with uh, leaving them with the ability to do, do the work themselves. Is it now becoming very important to to help them put those policies in place? Or here's how to safely use these tools. Um, here's what to look out for. 
here's what you shouldn't be doing. Because even if we understand it internally, we still have a responsibility to our clients to make sure that their people uh, understand AI hygiene. Yes, definitely. That, and I wouldn't say that that's a new thing. You know, we've been doing that for years. It's, I'm, again, pleased to say that we're a mature business. Again, had a ML AI practice for, what, four or five years. So this isn't new for us. It's, although new AI tools are coming to the market, this is what we live and breathe every day. So having those conversations, really proud to say that they're not new conversations that we are having. You know, it is part of us augmenting teams and making sure that our clients are self-sufficient. That is what we are aiming for. That's our North Star. We want to go in there, do great work for the client, but make sure that they are self-sufficient to take on the work themselves. And if they ever need us, great. We are we are here to be used and, and worked with and leveraged. So to answer your question, Definitely, we need to make sure that they are aware of new policies, any changes, you know, as we say, going back to government regulations and changes, they they will be happening and will be coming to light. And as part of the consultancy on point, it's, you know, our responsibility to make sure that they are fully aware of that. Again, for me, this isn't new news. It's, you know, it's the stuff that we've been doing over the, the last years anyway. Cool. cool. Thank you. Th- th- thanks so much for, for your time. I had a great time learning more about AI and uh I guess not being as scared anymore that my job is going to go. And that is the end of humanity. So thank you. The Demon Drumbeat, our podcast where we unite, inspire, and empower. Subscribe to the Demon Drumbeat today. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes and embrace the endless possibilities technology offers.